0: Thank you, everybody, for coming in for another Her Wild Outdoors episode today. Linda White's joining me, and Linda, thank you for having this conversation. We are we are here early this morning, <laughs> chit chatting um, oh. about trapping, and I truly appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Of course. Now, tell us just a little bit about where you are and and who you are, and how, honestly, how the outdoors and trapping kind of came into your life, that beginning part of it.
1: Yes, so I am probably not your normal trapper. Um, I, as a child, this was not something that was in my life. I was actually a city girl, Um, so it it wasn't something that I had done. My father was my biggest role model, and he was—he liked to fish. He would hunt every now and then, but trapping wasn't something he did. So as a child, like, I was all about fishing. Um, when I was 12, I tried the whole hunting thing, went out with him. We did squirrel hunting is what it was, uh, just to see where I was with things.
2: Yeah.
1: Went out, I shot a squirrel. Like, first shot, it was perfect. He was so excited. He's like, oh, she's got some great aim. I went over to the squirrel, cried, made him bury it in the backyard, and that was the end of my hunting. (laughs) So, yeah, he was like, well, I I don't think we're going to treat for anything bigger if, if a squirrel really hurt you there, sweetheart. So... I just, I fish a lot. Um, when I met my husband, well, now my husband, on our first date, he was like, you're a fisherman, you're i tra- I'm a fisherman, I'm a trapper, and I'm a hunter, so if you can't get on board with that, we probably need to, like, stop this now. <laughs> and I went back to a friend of mine, Now I lived in the city at that time, so I was in Erie, Pennsylvania right then, okay. and I told a friend of mine this, and she like, showed me every anti-trapping propaganda that was out there. Oh,
0: my goodness. Like, I
1: had seen it all. And I had really no clue what he was talking about when he said trapping. I was like, well, I fish, so no big deal. And, um, you know, I like I tried the hunting thing. I'm not against it. I just apparently am a baby. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was fine. And, like, trapping, quite honestly, this is how naive I was. I was thinking, like, rats mice you know like exterminator okay yeah, that's kind of weird but whatever dude if that's what you're into yeah Yeah, so I saw it all and I was like you know I had been talking to this guy for quite a while and and I thought you know I don't think he's a serial killer like I I just don't think that and that's that's kind of how trapping was portrayed to me in all of this anti you know yeah. propaganda that they have out there like like he must be a serial killer and gonna end up in the basement like that's what and I, I just didn't get that vibe from him so right. I had said to him I'd like to go out and see what this is all about and he he kind of stopped a little bit he's like okay sure um so then What actually took place was he let me ride along with him, and and I don't know if you've ever been on a trap line before, but normally most trappers have a log, you know, like where are all your sets at, what dates and lures have you used, you know, when were they at, Mm -hmm. what have you caught, you know, those kind of things. So he told me, he's like, well, if you're going to come along, you're going to work. Like, we we don't have any free rides here. So I was like, okay. And that's what I did that day is I kept his log for him, and the entire time, he talked about everything that I had seen, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, um, I had so many questions from, you know, everything that my, my friend had showed me and everything, and the passion that was, like, there... I was blown away, you know, and we talked about, you know, Mother Nature and how if if you let so many of these animals go, you know, Mother Nature is way cooler than than any human is yeah. really, yeah. you know, as far as trapping and hunting and and how many people just don't understand the other side of things. Right. And that, like, the spark that was in him, like, just – I was like, oh, I need to know more about this. Like, (laughs) people don't get it. Like, Mm -hmm. they just don't get it. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of like my start with things, um, which has blown up, like, (laughs) We own um, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, which is a a bait and lure business for trapping. Um, You know, we're here to talk about trapping girls, so you'll hear all about that. But Mm -hmm. then I also am part of what's called the She-Side, which I write articles that promote women in trapping. And I'm part of Real Camo Girl, which promotes women in the outdoors. It literally went from there to this huge I'm everywhere kind of thing with this and, and trying to really get it out to people that this is not what you think. Right. You know, trapping is just, it's just another form of conservation, really. Yeah. And And all the horrible stories that you hear is just so not what it is.
0: I think that that's what... I think if you talk to not an anti-hunter, but if you talk to a non-hunter who has never been around hunting or trapping or fishing, that the most information that they have gotten is from that anti-propaganda against it not necessarily oh, yeah. the education side of it. And I think that that's, it's ignorance. Uh, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean it in a respectful way. It is, it's ignorance toward uh, knowing both sides of something. And I think that oh, yeah. that can be applied okay. to many things in this world, not just our community, but many things where it can be either laziness or it can be just who you are in in being in the city or being not surrounded by it. But it is a detriment to not educate yourself on both sides of this of a subject.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, as as huntermen, you know, or fishermen or 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 trappers, we Kind of shy away from putting some of that stuff out there because they're they're worried, you know. Oh, this is mm-hmm. gonna, you know, turn back on us. But you know, the anti's are out there everywhere, blasting yes. things. So the information that they're seeing is that information. You know, they're not seeing the other side of things. You know, where where they're worried. Oh, you know traps are breaking legs and everything well you know I'm not in the business of catching feet I'm in the business of catching animals so right. I, I don't I definitely don't have traps that are out there breaking you know breaking bones or hurting these animals I mean quite honestly I've stuck my hand in my traps before with with no problems you know it it pinches a little bit. And then it's just as if I was wearing a pair of handcuffs, really. Right. You know, it it's just holding you there. And and people don't realize, you know, some of the things that are out there, if you really thought about it, like, wait a minute, that doesn't even make sense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's one of those things that you see in... You see in movies, you see in comedies, you see wherever it can be put in that it's a negative thing, they will go not just to the level of this is what it is, but they will go to the nth level of making the teeth bigger, making the traps. I mean, go back to Tom and Jerry. If I can, yeah. you know, take it back to the old school cartoons that we would watch on Saturday morning in the eighties, it was these big monster teeth traps, and that's what people right. envision in their heads. They they get a picture of even even up to date. Watch um, what is it? A Quiet Place too, and you see these these huge teeth t- traps wrapping around a human's legs. Like that—that that is the picture of what trapping is to somebody who doesn't know exactly what it is, who isn't educated in it. And I think it's huge to take a step, a leap forward into getting that out there, to showing, you know, putting your hand into something and and seeing the reaction. And I think that we as women – And I've talked about it on the podcast before and I've talked about it with uh, Olivia Opry and with a couple of other people that we as women have such a valuable voice right now in our world that if we don't take that responsibility seriously, then we're going to lose that opportunity if that makes sense.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, actually, that's kind of how, how Traffic Girl came all about because when I first started getting into it, um, you know, like it really wasn't a big deal if I had equipment or, or things that fit me because my husband was, was helping me with a lot of stuff. But when I started running my own line, I was like – There is nothing for women in here. Mm -hmm. You know, our our voice is not being heard. You know, even the difference between having proper gloves that fit us. You know, um, most people for any sport. You know, there's there's certain gloves, there's certain equipment that you really need, and if it doesn't fit right or properly you're it's a hindrance it's right. it's actually a safety issue you know and that yeah. was that was the big thing so I started I started trapping girl with the whole thought of like you know us women we really do need a voice here we need to feel that we're not kind of pushed aside so um started the company and I never realized it was going to be <laughs> a community you yeah. know like yeah like now we're we're doing talks and seminars and um, trying to really get women involved and have a positive voice. And, you know, everybody thinks of us us women as these sweet little tender things, and and I am. But that doesn't mean that I can't do everything that everybody else can do. Mm -hmm. I just maybe do it a little different. Yeah. And people will go, go,
0: oh, here we go, because I've gotten it. Here we go again. We're going to talk about camo. We're going to talk about gloves we're going to talk about but think about it think about a trapper what are the most valuable things that you utilize on your body your legs and your hands right. your hands specifically and if you do not have gloves that you can maneuver traps with and maneuver animals with and snares and those kind of things you're not you're it is like you said it's a safety issue it is Absolutely. it is something that you um, you ha- it has to work it can't, you cannot fumble around with it because it can hurt something that you don't necessarily want to trap, that you want to release, that, uh, I mean, there, yeah. there are all sorts of different things that you are, you're looking out for not only yourself, but what you have in your trap, whether it's going Absolutely. to be kept or released. And I, that, to understand, it's an understatement to say, "Oh, we're going to talk about gloves again." Like for real, come on. This is this is important. Like that's an important, okay. valuable part of what you do is keeping your hands not only safe and warm during the winter months, but also malleable and flexible, and uh, in a way that they can work while being protected.
1: Yeah, and just like you were saying, you know, um, where your your idea is to not only protect yourself, protecting the animals, you know, like, setters were a big thing for me. You know, I I have baby hands, like tiny, tiny little baby hands. Uh, <laughs> my 12-year-old has bigger hands than I do. Yeah. So, um, like... Whenever I set a trap, I have the strength to push the, the levers down, but I don't have the width of my hand to be able to spread across the trap like my husband does to right. set it properly. So if I have an animal that is in a trap and I'm trying to release it, you know, um, whether it's out of season or, or whatnot, you know, obviously if you're not set, if you're not able to open that trap properly to release them, then you could actually be doing damage, like you said, to the animal that that doesn't need to be done. Right. Um, you know, just because you're you're improperly being able to, to open the trap. So, you know, setters, things like that was was a big thing for me that I'm like, you know, I'm not the only one who's having these issues, no. you know, I'm not the only one who's got this problem. Mm-hmm. So and and that was the thing, you know, When you think about trapping, you think about your big, like, mountain man. You know, Um, you don't think about, you know, the the woman who's right next to him who's who's doing just as just as much work, and sometimes a little bit more without the proper equipment, maybe even working harder. Yeah, because you're having to make up
0: for it. It's like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a very small person too. I I'm. I think that I'm shrinking a little, which is a whole other subject in itself because of age. <laughs>
2: but I am with you. It's so funny that you say that because
1: my son, the one day, I'm like, I'm five, five and 5'5 And he's like, I don't think so, Mom. And he took my, like, measurement, and now I'm five three, and I'm like, what the heck happened? What happened?
0: No, my daughter is – she's 13, and she's taller than me. And I went, oh. well – okay, so you are taller than me. I can see that she's taller than me. I know that I'm looking up at her eyes. But when we measured her, she's like almost, she's 5'3". And I went, well, that's, that I'm, over 5'2. Why would I be looking this far up at you? No, I'm not 5'2 <laughs> anymore. I'm five one and 3 quarters, which I know is not much, Aww. but to me, it was a, like a half an inch of loss. And so anyways, oh, yeah, I'm a very small person too. <laughs> and so to keep up with somebody, even another woman who has long legs, I'm like double timing it, <laughs> trying to keep up oh, in wait, the field. Wait, and, uh, and, and there are, we've talked about it a lot, that people do things differently not just because they can't do it one way or another, but because it works better for them to do it the other way. And it has to, you have to figure it out on your own. There are a lot of things that I can pull from other people that work, but then I kind of have to tweak it in a way that makes it work for me. And, and, I've heard over and over I'm not a trapper. I am actually hoping to help out with a trapline this year with a friend of mine who is a woman here in Tennessee. Um, okay, okay. It's exciting. I can't wait to to kind of follow along and like you said, do the I'll do the bookwork for her. I'll keep the the information, but I I think that trapping from what I've heard and what I've read and what I've talked to people about it is so personal.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Like your own way of doing it is so personal. And the reasons that you do it are personal, but how you do it is so personal because it's you out there doing it. It's you out there making sure that not only can you set it, but you can release it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's only trial and error and figuring it out. But once you figure out what works for you, you can probably walk along your husband's trapline and yours and tell immediately who said it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: It has, and I've, so there is a, a documentary that I watched and I'm trying to remember, it might come to me before this is ever, but it was about a trapper. And, it, I thought it was an excellent representation of trapping. It showed, um, it showed some hard stuff as well, but it it was an excellent representation of the personal, not just pride, but care that somebody takes in their trap lines, and it showed the release it, of an animal that shouldn't be trapped at that point in time, and how healthy the animal was when. When he left, it showed the responsibility of checking your trap line every day when you can. And that's just, that's taking pride and care in what you do. And so, yeah, it is personal. You do see the little things that if you go back around, you can go, okay, that was, that was set by so-and-so. And that was set by so-and-so. There are those personal parts of it that become a part of that trap line.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, unlike hunting where you're yards away from, you know, the animal, you are really up close and personal. Yeah. You know, you you look into that animal's eyes whenever when you're either dispatching or whenever you're releasing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: whatnot. I mean, you you are right there. And you're sharing that moment with that animal, and and yeah, absolutely, it's it's definitely a pride thing. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of people there's this this misconception of that we're just out to get the fur. You know, most of us use so many parts of the animal, and mm-hmm. and us especially because we own a bait and lure shop as well. I mean none of that animal goes to waste. Right. You know and I think that's that's something that's really important for people to to realize as well, you know, we're not just Worried about making a couple bucks off the fur? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the the fur market is not worth it. No. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the whole animal itself, and you know, just like you had said, whether you are, are trapping an animal or releasing that animal, and and some people might ask, well, why would you release it? Well, depending on you know what what season it is, the, it may be out of season. Um, also, are we Are we trapping an area where there are maybe male, 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 female in your trap, you know? And then you're looking at it, okay, well, there's a huge male population here, but there really isn't a big female population, so we need to let her go Mm -hmm. to help, you know, keep the, the population in the area going. And... And I always think it's funny because somebody had said to me, "Well, don't you want to just eradicate the animals there?" Well, no, that's not that's not the purpose. Mm-hmm. That's not the purpose at all. Um, you know, we're we're helping out with population control. We're right. not trying to, you know,
2: to eliminate, eliminate completely. the animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and there's there's also. I mean, I've had friends who trap and relocate, and mm-hmm. that's a whole different. Aspect of it when when you're dealing with you know a beaver that is causing a situation with a waterway on farmlands or livestock like you're when you depend on the land sometimes relocation is a better situation sometimes a, a trapper can come on and help landowners by trapping and taking like that it it. You can work alongside of people to help everybody. Like you, if you're needing that animal at, for your bait in lure shop, if you're there are so many different ways that you can utilize this skill. That's not just like you said, the fur. <laughs> oh, that's right. that, that's oh, yeah. the furthest. I mean, it's there, and and there is a market for it, but. It, The lures and the baits and the smells and all of that, that is a huge market right now.
1: Um, Well, and not only that, but I mean, like people don't realize, especially like if you take beaver caster, for instance, um, beaver caster is in a lot of products that we use daily. Like, and people don't realize those things. You know, they don't, they don't think about... Where all of the, these ingredients come from that's in the product that they're using, mm-hmm. um, it, they just don't. And, you know, if if we're not out there doing this, then you're going to run into the problems. Just like you had said, you know, landowners, you know, especially with beaver, for instance, you know, ruining crops and and causing damage that, you know, Beaver doesn't mean to cause that damage, but oh, yeah. it's still, you know, it's it's happening, and and if we don't help that, it's it's going to really cost a lot of landowners money, and and
0: that's not good. No, it's not, and I think that there's there's balance, and you have talked about that, the balance of maintaining the the animal population because that's what we all want whether you're a hunter angler or trapper we all want to maintain a balance Uh, and whether we like it or not we humans are taking up more space and more space and more space each year and what's happening is we are funneling all of these animals into certain places or we're trying to coexist with them or I should say the other way around. They're trying to coexist with us. And it becomes a situation where we're pushing predators out. And so your population that was usually taken care of by predators is now exploding. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's our responsibility to keep those numbers down if, if you've got a huge population... Of a certain animal that's destructive, we don't want to eradicate it, but it still needs to be managed like it normally would have been with predators, with coyotes, with wolves, with whatever is out there, uh, cats. I well, mean and I it, always
1: think it's so funny whenever you hear, um, you know, somebody who says, you know, why would you do this? Why wouldn't you let just Mother Nature take over and, and why wouldn't you let that, you know, be the, the – the cause of things, you know, not mm-hmm. you. And and the, the funny thing is, to me, my answer is always like, well, we're the reason it's a problem. Yes. You know, just like you said, you know, we keep taking up so much space mm-hmm. that we're the reason that they don't have, you know, that there is an overpopulation because they don't have the, the room to roam like they did.
0: Yeah. And and when you get the population above that balance, then you're going to get sickness. Then you're going to get disease. Uh-huh. You're going to get uh, less food for them to eat. You are going to cause them more harm than good. So even if you're a vegan who is against hurting animals, and I put that in quotes, hurting animals, um, you are still the cause of hurting animals. You are still taking Absolutely. up this space. That they would have had, or that a predator would have had, a natural predator would have had, in order to maintain our our balance in all of this. Well,
1: and you've got to look at it too. Unfortunately, you know, with with the predator population, um, because we are are kind of pigeonholing, you know, more and more animals to certain areas. The problem now is, is, like, we have less, you know, limits on... The, you, you can't, I think, in New York right now for, like, um, waterfowl, I think it's, like, one a day or, you know, your bag limits and things like that because what's happening are these predators are now taking over areas yes. as well because we've pushed them...
0: Into small smaller areas, places. yes. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and... Which is really bad for our other animals because they're not able to thrive yeah. when you've got you know packs of coyotes and stuff that are just moving
0: in. Yeah, we've we've got coyotes in our neighborhood. We uh, we've got coy dogs that are moving in because of coyotes and dogs intermingling. They are dangerous. They run in a pack that is not afraid of humans, and yeah, you, it's we are causing the imbalance. So Absolutely. if we are causing Absolutely. the imbalance then we are also responsible for for creating the balance again and that includes trapping and hunting predators which is not a very accepting conversation to have amongst the even non-hunting World, um, the non-trapping world, and I'm not even talking about anti's, but even those who are for or they think that they're for it, predator hunting and trapping is still such a, it's still such a hard conversation to have for people.
2: It
1: really is. It really is, and it shouldn't be. Mm -mm. Um, And sometimes it's even hard within the the community. Yeah, you know, um, because you have hunters or, or even anglers that just don't understand it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, sometimes the, the way they come around is they're put in a situation that they they shouldn't have been put in because they didn't allow trapping.
2: Mm, that makes yeah. sense, you
1: know? Yeah. Um, and, and then, like, we unfortunately had um, a woman that my husband had worked with. And she was extremely against trapping, extremely against trapping, and had moved out to the country and had put her little dog out on a on like a lead, and came out to see coyotes attacking her little dog, and that that's super unfortunate, and it's so sad. But then she did realize, like you know, if you don't take care of these populations, you're going to have ins- instances mm-hmm. like that, yeah, and. And it's so unfortunate that it sometimes takes something like that, or you know, your your population to almost go extinct in an area because you have the the predators moving in and and so on. So
2: yeah,
1: yeah, it it really it's it's funny how how all of us really go hand in hand.
2: You know, mm-hmm. the hunters,
1: the, the anglers, the trappers. I mean, and I always think it's funny because. I guess "funny" isn't the word I would use, but you know, right now trapping laws are so under attack. Yes, and and I look at the the hunters and, and so on, and they're like, "Well, you know, we don't want to get involved." What they what they don't see is the other side of that is. I always reference us trappers as garbage men. <laughs> you know, we, we take care of, of all those things that you don't want to see. You know, your, mm-hmm. your predators, your possums, your, your skunks, your, you know, all these different nest raiders and, and so on. We take care of all of that. So when you go out in the woods, it looks beautiful. You know, there's, yes. there's deer running around. Everything looks amazing. Yeah. But, but think about it. if you didn't have somebody picking up your garbage for two weeks or three weeks. You know, it, it doesn't look as pretty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and and that's what they don't seem to understand is like you need us, right? We we do the we do the the work no one else wants to do. Yeah, to help keep everything else pretty for you.
0: We have had I've had I think one conversation, but I've had multiple conversations off air about the the division between the outdoor community. And I'm not talking about backpackers or I'm talking about strictly the hunters, the fishers, the, and the trappers that there's such a divisive situation going on where it's, if you're an angler, but you're not a a hunter or a trapper, then I'm going to only support the angling part of the outdoors. Uh, same with hunters, with with trappers, that it is just not seen as this, that we're all a part of one big ecosystem. And it's, if we don't support one of us, then the next group that they're going to come after is your group. And I'm talking about lawmakers. I'm talking about, our political system. And we don't get very political on this podcast, but it is something that needs to be spoken out against. They are coming after you and mm-hmm. they've been coming after trapping for a, a while, but it has seen more heat in the past, I would say three years. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to notice this year that hunting is now especially in the West coast, the Oregon uh, Washington state,
2: California yeah, yeah.
0: that your your hunting rights are now starting to be under more heat and uh, well it's trickling
1: and I think the reason for that has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of those, those states have already eliminated a lot of your trapping rates as well. Yes, I agree. So now they're just moving on and moving on and moving on. And, and yeah, not to get political, but if we, as a community, an outdoor community, do not, you know, kind of hold hands on all of these subjects, you know, then – then really, we're causing more of a divide for them. Right, we're causing them to find those holes, like and and even use each other against us. You know, like even these hunters don't agree with these trappers, or right. even you know they're using us against each other, which is so unfortunate that that it would happen. It
0: works though, you know? right? If they are thinking, yeah. if they are thinking strategically, <laughs> if they're thinking strategically. If you are in war, what do you do? You divide your uh-huh. enemy and then you attack. And you don't attack right. everybody at once. You divide and then you try to make it to where this other side is the weaker side. And, well, okay, we could do without that. We could, we can band together and, okay, I get that a little bit, or make it to where, well, this isn't your problem and right. and so that strategically they are doing an excellent job attacking the outdoor community. Um, mm-hmm. We don't need to let them do that. We need to be banding together and seeing that no, I don't have to be a trapper to support a trapper.
1: Right. you know and I really I really advocate that you know we if you don't understand something, Go out and see it. Yes, you know if if you're like you know oh I'm just I don't understand why they would do that you know or or why you would become a trapper or whatnot. Well, I guarantee there isn't a trapper out there that if you said hey do you mind if I join you on your line, join them. You know you can't touch anything without a license, but there's there's no laws that say you can't ride along you know right. see what there is talk to them you know if it wasn't for the fact that i rode along with my husband and and heard the passion in his voice and why he does this and saw with my own eyes what exactly what was happening you know we're we're not hurting the animals you know how much of that animal is actually being used and and so I I mean, it could have went very different for me. Right. And if I would have listened to my friend at that time, I mean, I could have been on the opposite side holding pitchforks for them all. You know, right. it like It could have went very, very differently. And and I think that's the same with anything. You know, anglers who maybe don't understand the whole hunting community, you mm-hmm. know, go out. See what's going on. Yeah. Don't just stick your head in the sand because, like you said, you know, we're getting divided and then... That
0: group is next. Right. You
1: and know? it is, so it's, together.
0: it's sometimes easier to stay in your, in your corner. It's so much uh-huh. easier to just stay in your lane and to keep doing what you're doing. But at the end of the day, your lane is going to eventually end. <laughs> it is. Right. If you do not, if you do not combine forces. And the thing is, is that I'm not sitting here today going, okay, well, if you're not a trapper, then, or if you don't go and you don't become a trapper, then you're not supporting. Heck no. I don't necessarily know if I would end up trapping, but heck yeah, I'm going to go support my friend and I'm going to go learn from her and I'm going to go see what she does so that I can have better conversations with her and I can not just be a supportive friend, but a supportive hunter for what she does. I want to see how she does these things because she brings over amazing food. And she, like you, utilizes many other parts of these animals. And I don't, I just, I enjoy learning. I think that's the best part of Women being in our community, we all enjoy learning. It doesn't, we don't necessarily feel like we have to do it if we learn it. And, and I think that that's valuable. It's valuable because we want to just know all of the information. Like you said, you could have just gone off of that one small part of information that you're getting from your friend but instead you went okay i need to see both sides of this he doesn't really seem like this person that the media is pointing out or picturing or painting a picture of let me go ask the question let me go see what this is all about and that's all it takes honestly you don't even have to go out on a trap line just sit down and have lunch with somebody and have a conversation yeah
1: Yeah, you know, and so I actually, um, a while back, started a group called Kids for Touches, which is um, basically to help fund um, children's trapping groups throughout the United States. And the reason I had done that was not because I expected every kid that went through there to become a trapper.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It was because I wanted them to be able to have the knowledge that when they grow up, they may not become a trapper. But now they're not an anti trapper. They actually understand what is happening. So if they're maybe become our president mm-hmm. one day. You know, now when they're sitting in those boardrooms and having those those hard conversations, they're having first hand experience of like, you know, wait a minute. That's not really what's happening. Right. That's not really what's going on. You know, so and I think it's it's so important to start our youth. In in those situations at the beginning, you know, let them see, get the education. Like I said, not everybody needs to become a trapper. Not everybody needs to become a hunter. Not everybody needs to become an angler. But they need to have that information. Correct. To know what's really going on.
0: Yeah. You used to have, I know here in Tennessee, and it might not be that way everywhere, but used to, you would go through gun safety class in school not oh, wow. not anti gun not don't touch not don't mm-hmm. you know report it but actual safety and we still have trap teams here in our schools uh, not trapping like you're trapping but trap present right, right. shooting yeah, like shoot, trap yeah mm-hmm. and that's gun safety we hu- hunters education used to be a part of education like public education and I think that that's where we have fallen back from. We have fallen back from just educating versus, like you said, we're not out there to try to get everybody to hunt. We're just trying to educate people in the correct way, in safety, in, in this is what this is for, this is what it's not for, this is... You know, is this something you're interested in? If not, that's okay. But at least you now know the details behind it. And I think it's kind of, it goes hand in hand with home economics and um, all the skills that we have lost because because we are so focused on education testing and being ahead of all of the numbers versus real life Education And, um,
1: I don't know. I right. think- well, well, think about, you know, we, we put so much emphasis on technology, mm-hmm. you know, everything is, you know, even your phone and I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I, I Google this and I do that and everything else, but think about if, unfortunately we had some kind of terrorist attack that, you know, we weren't able to, to have any technology at all. Yeah. And and these ships that are, are sitting in the harbor that can't come through, you know, even ordering food and, and whatnot all goes through technology. That's nobody yeah. picks up a phone to to place an order. It's all it's all through a computer screen. So how many of us out there would be able to say, Okay, I have the life skills that I can take care of my family as far as food shelter, you know, just basic needs that if we didn't if I couldn't go to the grocery store or if I couldn't jump online and order this or that, could I even take care of my family? Right. Could I protect them? You know, and that's that's something too, like trapping, hunting, all of those things. They they're giving those those basic skills, you know, to to make sure that I don't go hungry. I don't have issues where If for some reason something happened, my family would still be
0: taken care of. Agreed. Very much so agreed. And I think that that's like our our next generation and the generations behind it and the generations behind it. That is we're creating more technology to do things for us. And we're losing the Uh ability to do it for ourselves. You are completely correct. And I at least know somebody that knows how to do one thing and then you figure out how to do another thing so that you can build a small community around you so that you're not alone and you can help take care of each other when when things get rough. And um, I don't know. It, it just – it goes deeper than just, oh, this is trapping. This
1: <laughs> it, hey, so, it,
0: yeah. it goes so much deeper than that. But I do want to know, and I had a question for you, um, if somebody – were interested in starting especially a woman because honestly I could not tell I have one friend and one friend (laughs) here near me that I know but it was only because of the outdoor community that I know she even exists but how would somebody get involved what uh you started trapping girl and I'm pretty sure Uh you started it because you did not have a whole lot to go by. You didn't have a community around you of a whole lot of women that were doing it. Um, So how would somebody go about if that was something they were interested in learning? How would they start?
1: I'm a a big advocate of joining your association. So we all have trapping associations out there, and that's that's a really great place to start. Um, You know, it's funny that you say, you know, I don't really know that many trappers. You probably know more women trappers. Than you think you do. That is true. Um, it's not. It's not something that we really like publicized, you yeah. um, know. But and, and and just because of all the backlash you do right. get from it, you right. know, right? So, so unfortunately, that's something. But yeah. So I would definitely join your associations. Um, I would definitely jump online and find me, and we can chat. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. Um, there's there is a very big community of women that are out there. Um, if you go to even, you'll notice that there's conventions throughout the summer. Yeah. Um, you'll see women that are walking around, and and that's actually how I, like I said, I started. I went to these these um, trapping conventions, and there was nothing for women. Like I would see them walking, but there was nothing. And every year that we would go, I would see less and less women because it seems like. I hate to say like a good old boys club, but you know what I mean. Like I just didn't feel like that yeah. we had a presence. Yeah. So now um, we're even like the National Trappers Association. We're this year going to put on a women's workshop in Alaska. That we're doing a women's workshop that I've heard of. You know, there's a lot of workshops now that are out there that are geared just towards women in the trapping community, and and it's for all levels. So if you're brand new and you're really not sure where to start there's there's different ones all over the country like i said um at the nta this year which is the national trappers convention we'll have a women's workshop there's one that i know in march that's going to happen in alaska there's one in december that's going to happen in missouri Um, there was one that was in Wisconsin, uh, in October, the beginning of October, which they're going to do again. There's a lot of those that are out there and social media is huge. So my, my big thing is, you know, kind of go on Facebook and, and Google like trapping groups and so on, and you'll find tons and tons of trapping groups and they share all this information in them. You know, trap the trap like a girl actually is a is a group, and and they all full of women. So that's a that's a great place to to kind of join the community into as well.
0: Yeah, I think that we we poo poo social media a lot, and it does it comes with a lot of backlash. It truly does, especially when you are dealing with animals. Um, but uh-huh. there is so much good for not feeling lost and alone and what you might want to try and what you might want to do the support is there you just have to look for it
1: oh yeah absolutely but absolutely
0: but we've talked a lot this season on her wild outdoors we have talked a lot about finding your tribe and and finding the people that have your back who are encouragers who are honest with you and call you out on your bs and 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 push you to be the person that they know that you can be. And that's your tribe. That's who That's who you need. And it's It's hard sometimes. Not hard. It might take a while to find it. But as long as you're looking for it, I think that if you're reaching out, you're going to find it. Um, you just have to be willing to do the work in stepping forward instead of holding back and waiting on somebody to find you.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think it's really important to how do I want to put this? Um, not be afraid of who you are. Yes. You know, trapping gets, gets kind of a, a bad bad name, or it it, it doesn't doesn't look as appealing, you know, from the outside. But that's only because we've allowed these these antis and whatnot to to have that power over us. Yes. You know, we're not doing anything wrong. We're we're helping so many different areas of the outdoors by trapping you know be proud of who you are talk about it um you know be a little conscious of what you're putting out there to the world
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean that's that's definitely something you need to need to think about but at the same time you know share it be proud of who you are Mm -hmm. you know when i talk to people about hobby hobby is you know i'm a trapper and i have no problems telling people that
0: Because as soon as you say it, they go, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Because it opens up a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, Definitely.
0: Well, I think that that's a great – I like what you said about being careful. We talk about that a lot on here is how we have evolved into this this day and age of having so much information that some of that information is not for everybody's eyes. And Uh – And so you have to be very careful in that. But at the same time, shying away from who you are because you're afraid of the response you're going to get just hurts you more. Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, and it's funny because I've I've talked to some women who are like, well, I I don't put this on social media because, you know, Aunt Sally really doesn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) and I, I, I've asked them. Well, have you had a conversation with Aunt
2: Sally? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: no, she just doesn't like. And that then becomes on you. You know, have mm-hmm. those conversations with these people. You're, these are supposed to be your friends. These are supposed to be your family. They, they love you. They want to support you. But if they don't know, they can't.
0: Yeah. Or tell Aunt, Aunt Sally, they, hey, I'm about to post something. <laughs> you want me to block you from it if you don't want to see right. it. Like right. there are yeah, so absolutely. many ways that you can respect somebody who doesn't necessarily want to see it, but still wants to support you there. There's so right. many ways that you can create that boundary for them if they need it, but the conversation mm-hmm. needs to be had first and, and explain why and who you are and The passion behind it and that might change their minds if it doesn't then there is an easy way there's such an easy way on social media to take one post and say okay aunt sally doesn't want to see this one post so i'm gonna i'm gonna block her from it just that one post you can even
1: create little groups too Mm of people that like you would block and all you have to do is go in and like hit the little yep um you know Filter and and all those people are blocked, and there's no big deal, and mm-hmm. no problems, and you move on about your life, and everybody is happy. But yeah, I I think having those those tough conversations sometimes is huge because yes. when you don't, you're actually adding to the problem. Yeah. You know, you're letting it slide. Oh, it, 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 I just don't want there to be an issue or whatever. And if you have the right conversation. Even afterwards, if you both don't agree and you're not on the same side, like I said, these people love you. Yeah. If you have the right conversation in the right way, you know, it doesn't need to be an argument. You're not trying to force them to agree with you. You're just trying to say, hey, this is why I do what I do.
0: Agreed. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find one common ground, that one yeah. common... It can be something as silly as we like the same gum, like and I'm being facetious in that, but it's it is just finding that one common nugget of of ground and it doesn't have to be the it's not a war. It's not a you're right, I'm wrong, like you said. It is just being able to listen and understand where everybody's coming from. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, you can't hide. Uh, I tried for a long time unless I was asked or, or it came up in conversation. I just didn't bring it up. And I felt I kind of had to question myself, are you ashamed of what you do? Because if you're not ashamed of what you do, then why won't you talk about it? Why don't right. you want to? to show what you're doing and I'm not talking blood and guts and all of that but just show the experience of what a trap looks like or what uh, what 95% of hunting is which is walking in the really? woods.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, and it's so funny because I have heard people say to me like, well, I'm trying to protect them. Mm. Well, and and my thought is is and and maybe this is a little bold of me, but ninety percent of the people who look at your social media we're all adults. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's not your job to protect them. It's your job to educate them. Mm-hmm. You know? If they don't like something they won't
0: they don't have to. They'll look.
1: unfollow you. Mm-hmm. They will, you know, whatever. They, they, that, and just because you're not friends on Facebook doesn't mean you're not friends. Correct. So, Correct. You know, like that's how I look at that. So, yeah, it, it's not your, it's not your job to protect them. That's their job. Yeah. You know, you can't say, oh, oh, they're not going to want to see that. You don't know what they're going to want to see or not. Yeah. But it is your job to educate them. Yeah. And it is your job to make sure that they see what it really is, not what the media or or whatever is telling them, what is really happening.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree. What have you got coming up?
1: Mm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So much. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So much. So um, I have a podcast that I'm actually starting about women in trapping yes. um, and that's gonna start in November and um, then I also in December I have that women's group that I told you about yes um, that's gonna be in Missouri which is I'm super excited about because this is all like brand new trappers like some of them got their got their license and have never even set a trap in the ground before so
0: that's awesome. I,
1: Super, I'm super excited about that I am helping the Alaska Association in March they're holding their their women's um, event so I get to go to Alaska in March and i I'm, like, over the moon with that. My husband, it was so funny when this when this came about. He was like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's going to take a lot of time and everything. I'm like, it is Alaska.
2: Shut up and get on the plane. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> you, know? Know, you don't turn you down doing? Alaska. <laughs> I know. I'm
1: like, when have you ever been to Alaska? Well, mm-hmm. I haven't. Exactly. Shut up mm-hmm. and get on the plane. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, and then there's, like I said, the NTA next summer, um, I'm working with a, with a great group of women, and we're trying to put that together at the convention. And then I've got trapping season, and it's just like one thing after another. So so many things. So many things.
0: That's awesome, though. I love that it's growing because that is yeah. – uh, we. there's a need for growth. There's a need for – and people question that a lot. Why do we need to grow it more? Why do we need to – we don't need all of these people. Well, come on. It's – you're going to be, it's a, it's, we are a balance as well. You're going to lose people. You're going to have people that you're maintaining. And then you've got to continually have that cycle of growth in order to keep that balance in there of people who are supporting our outdoor community, who are paying for those licenses, who have, uh, the ability to support our, our parks and recreation, our, our, our Wildlife resource agencies like all of that that's coming from us from our outdoor community. So we've got to keep that balance in so we we do have to grow it but take it completely outside of the big picture trapping hunting and angling but bring it back down to just the women in it. And yeah, it's... yeah.
1: So I had a woman who I, I very much look up to, and a long time ago, she told me that there is no such thing as standing still.
2: Mm, correct.
1: You're either moving forward or you're moving backward, and sometimes you don't realize which way you're moving until you've made such a shift that way that you're going to really have to take some some energy and some time. To even get back to where you were, mm-hmm. so we need to make a conscious effort that we're moving forward. Yep,
0: because, because if, if you're not, not you're moving backwards. We're moving backwards. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's I think why what people don't always understand. You know, like you said, why do we need to grow? Why do we need to this? Why do we need to that? Aren't we happy with where we're at? Well, we can only stay where we're at if we make a conscious move. You know, effort to move forward. Yes. Because if, if we're doing nothing,
0: we're moving backwards. Yeah, no, we're building... everybody
1: else is doing something else. Like,
0: yeah, you're growing and you're building right now for not right now. You're doing that for 10 years from now. Yeah. You're doing it for the next generation. You're doing it for your kids' life cycle as when you're not here anymore. Like, that is what... That's what the movement is right now for. What we are doing right now in educating, growing, and building our community isn't for us right now. People have to get that out of their minds. It is for the future. It is the investment that we are making right now for then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so when you have these these lawmakers and stuff that are attacking you, you have an army behind you attacking back. Yes. You know, you you don't wait to build the army whenever you're in the middle of the war.
0: No. (laughs) No, you don't. Hey, Linda, thank you so much for today. Tell people how they can follow you real quick.
1: Oh, yeah. So I am on Instagram as trapping underscore girl underscore. You can follow me on Facebook, Linda White or Trapping Girl Inc. um, Or even under Sawmill Creek. And... You know, just just reach out. Anybody who ever has any questions, I'm I'm super transparent and I'm super, you know, relatable and, and forward with things. So if you ever have any questions or anything, just just reach out and um, like I said, I got the podcast that's gonna soon be coming up and hopefully yes. people will be able to learn more. Log into that too.
0: Yeah. And also if you are listening and you have a women's group that you have a couple of trappers in. reach out to linda reach out and see if there's a way that you can get workshops in your local towns and states and be able to support that community around you not just being a hunting community or a fishing community but but grow it full circle in in our whole not just in our parts yeah yeah,
1: And if if you're wanting to start some kind of event, um, I don't know if I'll absolutely be able to attend your event, but I'm definitely here to help you get everything organized, how to even just approach certain things. Oh, my gosh, please reach out. I That's, that's what I'm here for.
0: Yeah, and you have contacts. In a lot of places as well, so that if you couldn't mm-hmm. be there, you would have somebody who could represent the trapping community oh, in a great way. So, this Linda is a great resource. So, use her. Um, definitely reach out to her, and you've got you've got my support, Linda. I'm excited for you.
1: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it.